When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Let's begin with Leon Rose. So, we mentioned during our last episode that the Knicks had a pretty busy week. I mean, they waived Dwayne Washington. They waived former second-round pick Trevor Keels. Um, they, they did these moves to make way for uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers' former first-round pick from 2019, Dylan Wendler, who now joins the Knicks on a two-way deal uh, for for one year uh, on the contract. We also had noticeable moves, obviously, in the offseason. Um, we had the signing of Dante DiVincenzo. We had the departure of Obi Toppin. But regardless of all that, don't expect to hear from Leon Rose anytime soon. Fred Katz of The Athletic tweeted Wednesday that the Knicks had officially declined a request to speak on the record for an interview. Uh, Katz noted that Leon has not spoken on the record to independent media in almost two years, has not done a solo news conference since joining the Knicks in 2020. So I think this is a, the perfect opportunity to kind of really have a, a great conversation. And Tommy's a great person to have it with being a member of the media whose credential goes to Knicks games, talks to these people, talks to a lot of these other beat writers who are on the beat. So I'm very curious what that side of it is. Cause I think there is a disconnect because you have fans who a lot of them say, we don't care. It's not a big deal. But then you have these media members trying to do their job who say, hey, you know, one, we provide value. We provide information that helps the fans understand what's going on. And that is really basically a dereliction of duty from the Knicks front office to not speak to the media and especially the president of all people to duck the media for, you know, going on two years, uh, almost three years since you had a actual news conference. In your eyes, do you think it's a big deal that Leon Rose did not speak to the media? Huh. A big deal is probably a, um, I don't know if I'd go that quite, quite that far. I, I will start by saying I understand both ends of the spectrum. I understand um, one, as, as you mentioned, the credential media member, um, especially in years past when it's, it's evolved a little bit. I mean, the, the journalism game, we could spend three episodes on that in and of That's itself. Right. It's so different um, from the time of print media and pre Twitter um, and, and all that stuff when, you know, the, the way fans consumed basketball was, was far different. Now there's so many different ways um, educated fans, should they choose to find intelligent discourse um, about the right. team they follow, about the sport they follow via podcasts, via, you know, websites dedicated specifically to their team or to the league or right. uh, to sports or to the intersection of sports and economics, everything that's out there, the beauty of the internet, um, you know, provides all that stuff. Um, uh, that being said, so there's, it's not as important as it once was for beat writers to get quotes on the record from the person in charge. Um, that being said, there's no reason for the Knicks media to continue such an antagonistic, petty policy to prevent media from essentially doing their jobs. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that kind of built up over years and years when the Knicks were awful, 
and yeah. they and, and Nick's beat writers correctly assess their situation as dire because and 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 the Knicks and, and, and characterize the Knicks as awful because they were well awful. Um yeah. and, and that really they built up some animosity. So you combine that, the Knicks losing for decades and kind of being a, a laughing stock with a, a decision maker at the very top who, as we know, has very thin skin. Mm -hmm. um, love him or hate him uh, as an owner, not afraid to spend a lot of, a lot of pros, uh, you know, from, from Rangers and Nick fans. When you talk about, um, you know, uh, the, the, his stewardship of these two franchises, also a lot of negatives, certainly trending in the right direction as he kind of takes more hands off approach, um, kind of sticks to his word. Um, but clearly that's a top down policy um, that prevents the, the media from interacting with, um, you know, front office and, and players as much as you like. And really the, the people who are hurt, even though they don't see it as such, um, some fans do, some fans don't, but it is the fan base because the more knowledge yeah. and more, you know, uh, access you have, um, you know, it, the, the more likely, you know, you are to find out the true person behind the player, you know, like they're, you know, in years past, we would have had in-depth interviews about IQ and him growing up and faith is obviously a big part of his life. Um, yeah. you know, you know, he signs off uh, every interview with, you know, glory to God first and Quinn Grimes, you know, just there's, you know, talking about going from Kentucky to Houston. And then there's just a lot there that uh, that we just don't have um, access to. And I think it would enhance the fan experience again. Without it, you can still be a great fan. You can still enjoy it in much the same ways you could in years past. But I do think um, that it hinders the the connection between fans and players, coaches, front office stuff, and and I don't I don't see that as a positive. That being said, I don't see it as a massive negative um, that's going to bring down the franchise, as as some would like to argue. Um, so I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's so tricky, especially sitting in this chair because I come from a perspective that is almost purely fan. I mean, I, I work as a radio host or you know, radio producer, now obviously podcast host, but, you know, before that, essentially fan. So I think the fan perspective, because I think what I've seen is this disconnect from media members saying, why do the fans almost sometimes cheerlead this yes. policy that the yes. Knicks have? And I think it still stems from an issue that was the Knicks' fault, but I think it stems from what I, I feel like was a lack of, substance from some i cannot say all from some people that covered the knicks regularly that seemed almost hell-bent on only highlighting the circus and not the play and one thing i've said about i think not just knicks media but sports media in general i think is lost and why there is such a disconnect between fans and sports media members and people who cover the nba particularly is i think sometimes we've lost sight of the fact that fans want to learn things yeah. Like, I think sometimes we, we think that because we, everybody has a Twitter account, everybody has a YouTube channel, everybody has a blog or a podcast, that all we want is opinion, 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 opinion. And all we want is controversy, controversy, controversy. Like, there are also a lot of people who want to learn about the game, learn about their team, what makes their team strong, what makes their team weak. And I think because the Knicks were so dysfunctional for so long, I think the media got comfortable and the people that covered this team got comfortable covering it from only that perspective. And when the narrative and the obvious work the Knicks were doing was changing from that perspective, I didn't think there was any adjustment. I think it took it's, it's been slow to adjustment. I think that the media and the Knicks crew that's covering currently covering the team right now does a really good job. I think they've actually improved massively over the last three, four, five years. But I think sometimes you've seen that lag nationally when you see 
how the Knicks get covered, the people that talk about them, how they talk about them. Like, they still don't get So that's where the cheerleading comes from. It, it stems from a Knicks problem because the Knicks had 20 years of dysfunction that allowed that to kind of be the, you know, the status quo. But, you know, it comes to a situation where it's like, you know, you got to, you know, you're an old dog. You got to learn new tricks at some point. And I think the fans clamor for that. I think we're at a different point now. And as thin-skinned as Dolan is, I think he has to understand that what you see on the national media isn't necessarily what's happening with these individual beat writers who are covering the team, who do a great job. You can list them all. Obviously, Bagley was on there. I just mentioned Cats. Run them all. They all do a fine job. Like, there's no reason what, excuse me, why you can't have your president sit down for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and talk about the team. You know, like it, it just seems like it's so it, it, it's, it's just it's so extreme. And I think in many ways, it almost invites this contentious attitude that the media then has towards a team that doesn't actually end up equating into anything. And to me, the Knicks may feel like they're winning in the end because they're winning games and for the most part, fans, fans are content. But I almost feel like it paints you in the corner where like you almost can't win this battle until you win a championship, which we know is, is very difficult in the NBA. The Knicks aren't necessarily in this position where, oh, they're one of the two or three teams that are locked to win a championship. So to continue this game, it just feels like, all right, next year you have a down year. You know, we just saw what happened in 2022 when we thought Knicks were going to have a great year. Like, you have another down year, and then now we're calling for Tibbs' head again. We're calling for Leon Rose's head again. I mean, do you really think you can go all this time without having anybody talk? It doesn't seem to make much sense. I think that's the, a really good point is – there's no real downside to having to trotting Leon Rose out into the, you know, in, in front of a few beat reporters and, and the answer, and listen, he's an, an incredibly intelligent person and also just businessman. And he understands the business of the NBA. And that is to say a lot without saying anything, you know, right. you know, Nick, the beat reporters understand that there's very little likelihood he's going to say, you know, I don't think IQ is that good. So we'll offer him a decent right. contract if he takes yeah. it. You know, like this, it's it's not going to happen. You know, he's not going to bash Obi Toppin and say, you know, if Obi Toppin ever defended, then he'd play a lot. So don't ask, you know, that, right. that's, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, we love Obi. Um, it's just a numbers game. It's just all these cliches. You throw them out there and, and, and there's just very little downside. There's very little reason to argue that to, to, to make the, uh, to 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 come up with some rationale that that have it make sense, in other words. Um, and I uh, my guess is Leon Rose would probably prefer to do just that. Um, to go you out think so? I think so. I mean, I, I kind of I lean the opposite way, but yeah, I want to know why you think so. I, I would just think because it's just it, it 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 takes away from the story. Maybe he wants to make it about himself to avoid the team, but it just takes away a story that people mm-hmm. can write nationally. Whereas you mentioned, you know. I think that they that Dolan enjoys the cat and mouse game. He enjoys the animosity. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I just think it's you know it's 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 one of those things. I listen, you guys bashed me for twenty years, and now we're good. So now you want to talk to us? Well, you know, ha 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 ha. You can't yep. you can't get what you want. You know that type of thing. Where again, it's the it's the it's the fit. And and another good point you made was. Yes, we can all come up with conjecture on why we think Obi Toppin didn't work out or, um, uh, you know, what they might do with uh, Emmanuel quickly, how they might handle the backup power forward position, um, all these other things, et cetera. Um, but I think we fans would benefit with an explanation. Now, they're not going to tell us we're looking at player X, Y, and Z to bring in. They can't talk about other players, a free agent, other contract. But they could, you know, maybe give us some insight as to, you know, Julius Randle actually was hurt more than you guys might, uh, you know, might might uh, imagine. He forced his way out there. You know, just things that right. we, 
we are privy to um, and credit to Leon Rose for kind of keeping, um, you know, the, the, the inner workings of the team pretty much a secret. You know, you don't hear a lot of stuff leaked about the Knicks. There was, you know, conflicting conjecture about what they were offering in the Donovan Mitchell trade, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there are other organizations where as soon as it, you know, it leaks out immediately and it's happened with the Knicks in the past, they've, they've, they've done a good job of kind of sealing that up. Um, but again, the, the, the bigger picture is why not? Who does it hurt to have Leon Rose or, you know, if you, if you don't want to have Rose out there, have the uh, Rosas or, you know, Scott Perry, when he was around, just one of those guys out there, um, to go out, give a few cliches and then the story goes away and we don't have to waste our time discussing it. It's funny you talk about things leaking out. I think one of the worst examples of that in Knicks history was uh, Mike D'Antoni in the Knicks front office basically telling everybody that would listen that they wanted to take Steph Curry. <laughs> and, of course, he went one pick uh, before that. That did not uh, work out well for them. So it, Too soon. Too too soon, EJ. I know, I know right? And it's, what, 14 years later, 13 years later, whatever it's been, it still feels too soon. I mean, are the Knicks going to be able to keep getting away with this? Like, that's the thing that I keep thinking about as well because – I can't imagine Adam Silver likes this, though. I think we've seen Adam, Adam Silver is not cut from the David Stern cloth, so I don't know if he comes down with a hammer. Like, does this ever get fixed? Like, what's the deal with, like, you no. think it's just not? No, right. Until, until Dolan's gone, you know, until Dolan decides right. to sell a team, and which he, you know, it's a, it's a, literally a printing press. It just makes money, um, which is the reason he is unlikely to sell it. Um, you know, what's the worst Silver's going to do? Find, you know, Dolan, he'll find, uh, you know, $500,000 in his couch cushions um, and, and cut a check to uh, to Silver that, that next day. Um, the one thing we know is, you know, uh, is, is Dolan's not going to, um, you know, uh, back down from a challenge or, you know, again, he'll just take that. He, in, he invites, he invites fights. A hundred percent. And to be honest, I think one of the reasons why Silver doesn't push it and and maybe the people around Dolan don't encourage him because every time he tends to speak, it backfires. You know, like oh, there's yeah. countless times when you know over the years we went on Michael K show a couple times, said things. He, he's you know, on a uh, you know uh, Craig Garden and Evan Roberts show on WFAN last year, and that we didn't go as great as we would have hoped. Right, right. It just very rarely goes well. Let's just say that um, there was the thing with the you know. Uh, uh, Video monitoring of lawyers. He went on. I don't know. It was ABC, Good Morning America, something like that. Um, he decided to hop on one morning and just set up a bunch of stuff. <laughs> he said he's going to ban alcohol on a <laughs> right, on exactly. Good Morning New York or whatever on Fox Five. It was crazy. Right, 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 right. Which like he's not going to accept the alcohol sales. So yeah, it just. So I, I think that may be part of the reason where obviously you know uh, unlike Rose and 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 Tibbs when the, you know they know how to talk without saying anything um uh, dolan has never mastered that uh that, that part of the business that craft my theory as to why i think leon actually enjoys this is because i i go back to his background as an agent like most agents that aren't i guess drew rosenhaus in football i'm trying right. to think of other i guess maybe maybe rich paul those are right. only two i could think of that like want to be in front of the camera want to talk into the press i don't it seems like that would be a negative but to be fair those guys are very successful so it, it's worked yep. well for them but most agents like to work from the shadows and i tend to think my cons- i don't know if it's conspiracy i don't go that far but my theory is that when he signed on to be president of the Knicks, that leon rose said that this is not a part of the job that i want to do i do not want to be someone who is a front-facing member of the Knicks that has to explain everything we do and 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 deal with the press every couple weeks or every month like that was something i don't want to do i'll do this job but that i don't want to do that and i think maybe he demanded or rather he he said 
look, I can bring you stars. So, like, right, are you really right. gonna be upset that I don't talk to you know Fred Katz every couple of weeks? Like, you know, come right. on, I, I can get you Donovan Mitchell, I can get you Devin Booker. Like, yeah. let's do this. And Dolan was like, "Great, you don't want to talk with the media? You hate them too? Awesome. <laughs> that that makes you even a better candidate. Where 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 do we where do you sign? So, yeah. I, that that's my theory as to why uh, this has gone so long, particularly with the Knicks front office, because Tibbs talks all the time. Um, right. in well, terms of the, the regular media regular regular media availability. But I think Leon, I don't think he wants to talk to the media. Yeah, the, the coaching thing is part of the CBA. Listen, if it, part, it wasn't part of the collective bargaining agreement and they, you know, that's something where mm. you, you you have to get, you know, you get fined and then would, you know, you know, then you're talking about a million dollars a week. And, you know, that even even for a billionaire, right. yeah. that stuff adds up um, and, and that would be an issue. Um so, you know, I, I think that, but yeah, if, if it was part of the, the collective bargaining agreement, you know, or, or, you know, stipulated in some bylaws uh, that they had to have, you know, professional representation once a month or once a week, or, you know, it probably would be, you know, unlikely for that to be the case. Um, but that might put some fire underneath Dolan. Um, but again, even if Rose didn't want to do it, I'm sure Scott Perry would have been happy. Maybe that upped his, you know, uh, profile around the league and increased the yeah. chance of him becoming a general manager, being in front of the New York media and, and all the others. So I think there was, you know, and, th and there was plenty of times when, when we'd be in the locker room um, before games. And this was when, you know, pre-COVID kind of changed everything. Um, you know, it was just a lot freer environment. Um, and, I, and, and certain franchises – really took advantage of the constricted media policy and, and obviously the yeah. Knicks being friends. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, when the WNBA announced um, prior to this season that they were limiting the time that, that, that they would have players available. It used to be, you can go in locker room, 15 minutes available. Right. Now, now the team decided that they were going to choose the players. Um, and, and basically I tweeted that this is a, 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 a slippery slope. Um, I, I've seen it before. Yada, yada, yada. Um, a, a, a one of a, a, a league office member, let's just say that, um, uh, uh, behind the scenes, the pretty high up in the WNBA league office has contacted me, reached out to me directly, mm. and said, Listen, you have a couple minutes, I just want to tell you where we're coming from, from our perspective. And right. he very, you know, earnestly and I, I think forthrightly explained that it wasn't to reduce access, it was so that every because the way it worked was they would put, you know, let's say Stewie and uh, Ionescu out. Uh, you know, 10 minutes after the, the, the game ended. But if you yeah. wanted MJ or, uh, you know, uh, or uh, Junkwell Jones, Jones you'd, have to, yeah. you'd have to run to the locker room and maybe they left before you got back. And if you wanted to talk to the coach and Brondello, right. whatever the case might be. So the, his explanation was, we're going to give you, make sure that everyone has the same access to the same two, three star players, Brianna Stewart, yada, yada, yada. And then if you want to talk to anybody else, just let us know when we promise we'll, we'll bring them down. I said, that's all well and good. And I, and I think it's a well-intentioned uh, potential improvement, but I'm just going to let you know. He goes, well, what team did you, do you cover primarily? You know, I said the Knicks and he goes, Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. so, you know, just because it's just well known throughout the league, you know, and um, I think it was Bondi. Or I forget somebody tweeted about the DiVincenzo. They're not going to have an introductory press conference right. Vincenzo, um, and he said, you know, welcome to New York, the, the literally the polar opposite of Golden State. And anyone who's ever dealt with the Warriors are just beyond, um, you know, uh, welcoming and, and encouraging yeah. you to get one on ones with players and et cetera and all that other stuff. So, um, the, 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 again, the issue is you don't allow Leon Rose to talk. You, you slowly chip away at those those freedoms 
Um, and, you know, it's kind of the old thing. How do you boil a frog in water? You don't just drop it into boiling water because it'll jump right out. You put it in, turn the degrees up a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. Um, and they've started to chip away at all these other things. And again, the Leon Rose not giving us cliches for five minutes is not a big deal. But I again, back to, you know, circling back to my original point that the, the media, the next media policy decreases the likelihood of a well-intentioned writer, in other words, another a writer not looking right. to uh, bag on the Knicks, not coming in with a bias right. and, and, a, and a predetermined outcome that this guy's the worst. That you know, I, I all I want to do is get Tibbs on the record or get a player on the record saying that Tibbs isn't a good coach, and then I'll you know, yeah. again, a well-intentioned, well-meaning writer getting a one-on-one -on -one with uh, you know, uh, perfect example like QJ Peterson. Let's say he's in camp, right? Yeah. We would have had that type of story, and that's the type of stuff. Um, again, it doesn't, you know, make or break fandom. It's not, but it just, I think, in my opinion, increases, gives you a little more access, gives you a little bit more behind the curtain. Sometimes that's not always good. Um, but in general, my experience is NBA players are really, for the most part, kind, empathetic, they relatively humble. Listen, there are outliers. There are guys that, that, um, you know, are on the other, uh, other end of the spectrum, just like there are in all, all, as, all aspects of life. Um, but I think yeah. a lot of these guys came from difficult situations to get to the NBA. You need luck. You need to overcome a million different things, no matter how physically talented you are for the most part. Um, they understand that. Um, and they're, they're welcoming with their time and they'd like to, you know, talk about other issues, you know, now, and the other thing, you know, we might as well be mentioned is that there's a distrust of the mainstream media. Um, well, there's that too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of been co-opted by a, a political party. So that, that, that leads to a, you know, I think there's an aspect of that, that kind of, um, you know, celebrates when that mainstream media, even though that's very difficult to define nowadays, my opinion, <laughs> yeah. When those folks somehow get taken down a peg and don't have access, that somehow that's a win for the common guy. Um, so, you know, again, as you mentioned, we could uh, have quite a conversation on this. We can go on this forever. And I, you know, if I had to, if I can do another podcast, it would be a, you know, media discussion podcast. Like, I love this yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, my last thing on it would just be for the, the, the Nick beat writers who all work hard and they all do a great job. I think they've improved, in my opinion, over the last four or five years or so. I think when we ask why do the fans, what can we get the, how can we get through the fan through to the fans that we should have more access? I mean, you got to make people want you to talk to these people. I mean, yeah. sometimes we watch these press conferences with Tom Thibodeau. I've come on here in this, <laughs> in this podcast and said, Tom Thibodeau pulled Obi Toppin in the fourth quarter and nobody asked him what the hell's going on. Randall, you know, throws the ball away and doesn't run back on the even. Nobody asks him, what the hell was that? Did you show him that? And like, nobody's asking Tibbs these questions. And I think what happens is we watch some of these press conferences and we're like, I mean, if that's what we're going to get from these press conferences, am I going to go crazy that, you know, these guys aren't talking to, 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 to Leon Rose or Worldwide West of them? So my my thing, and I'm not saying it's perfect because Nick shouldn't be doing this. Like, I, I don't think that this is right. But my thing is, hey, make it worthwhile for the fans to actually want you to get access in order for this to maybe turn the tide, maybe get the fans on your side. I'll just say this in defense of the beat writers, um, having been in those press conferences, yeah. been in the auxiliary press room uh, outside MSG, the media room, 
they're the Knicks, unlike a lot of other teams, will put a time limit on it. You know, whether it's seven minutes, eight minutes, they don't tell you how long that's going to be. They don't tell you how many questions they're going to take. If Tibbs is in a bad mood, they'll yank him early. Um, I remember when I was covering Isaiah Thomas's tenure there, and they tried to get him out of there quickly. Dan Tony was a little more free-flowing. Larry Brown kind of did his own thing, and they let him kind of ramble on. Um, Jonathan Soprano, which was kind of running the team back then, um, the, the media side. Um, yeah. So the, 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 the beat writers, there are certain, you know, core elements that they need to get asked and they'll assume right. they'll have time to ask it. Sometimes they get yanked before. And just one other thing kind of circling back that I think led to the tension was, you know, for five years, six years, two decades, you know, there, it wasn't important to ask questions about why did Alexei Sved not, uh, you know, why are there less dribble handoffs? In the top <laughs> right. of the yeah. Or, you know, there's just yeah. the, the games didn't matter for months and months at a time. So there wasn't that 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 it, it kind of eroded that relationship where you just ask, well, what are you going to do in the offseason? When are you know, is this guy going to get fired? You know, is this guy going to be free to those type of questions? Because nobody cared about a, a team that was 30 games under 500 with, uh, you know, in, in late April. Yeah, it, it's it's. It's, it's like a chicken or egg discussion yeah. that, yes. you know, won't get fixed. I agree. And unless James Owen has a sudden change of heart or he's somehow no longer the owner, which I would uh, bet on that at that point, this point in time. So anyway, uh, moving forward here, uh, again, special thanks to one of those uh, Knicks speed writers, Edison White Insider, Ian Bailey, who jumped on the show uh, earlier this weekend. You can listen to that podcast. You can check us out on YouTube. Watch that episode. 